Good morning. I'm so excited that I had the chance to worship with so many of you on Facebook Live this morning. It was an incredible worship set and even so much sweeter just seeing all of you uh, and interacting with you online. I want to say uh, in person right now, happy Mother's Day to all the moms that are watching. We're so excited uh, to celebrate you today. I know that my wife got breakfast in bed um, and flowers and a lot of stuff that's not yet to come. I'm going to keep getting it more and more. So anyway, I'm sure by the time she goes to bed tonight, she will be like, wow, there is no husband I'd rather have than Trey. Um, but happy Mother's Day to all of you. And to celebrate moms, we wanted to give you an opportunity to win a gift. So you're watching with us today. And if you will take a photo of watching service and at some point, not right now, because I've only got a little bit of time with you, but you can post it later. Um, post hashtag awaken greater with a picture of you saying that you're at church with us today. It's a good way to let people know where you worship and who your church family is, but also a really good way for us to give out door prizes. So the prize we have for you today, we have five gift cards valued at $75 each to Styland Spa and Salon in Pflugerville, Texas. So what is Styland Salon and Spa? I'm glad you asked. Uh, Styland Salon and Spa has assembled an elite team of creative professionals specializing in all your beauty and relaxation needs. I went to their website. You can go there too, stylandspa.com to see all the services and the products they offer. But here's just a few. They do hair design, hair color, hair extensions, none of which I need, facials, manicures, pedicures. I need two out of three of those. Body sugaring, which is removing hair removal. I believe they have several products. And also on their, on their website, you will see they do wedding services. So if you need a husband or a wife, go to styleandspa.com. They take care of all wedding services. They will find you a wife or a husband. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. However, visiting Styland might help you get in contact with your future spouse. We want to give these away. We're just so uh, excited to honor moms today. So please, again, hashtag awaken greater. Take a photo of you watching service online, and we will do a drawing and give that away later on in the week. I want to go ahead and open our message today with prayer. If you will pray with me, Heavenly Father, I come before you. I thank you so much for the Spirit of God that is in this place the Spirit of God that is in the homes, every person that is watching in their home right now. God, you know the needs that are represented in this service, whether they're watching live or they're watching weeks and months down the road. God, you aren't restricted by time. There is no limitation to you. So Father, I just ask whatever needs are represented by the power of your Holy Spirit right now, we just release healing. We release healing through technology. God, there's there's no limitation. So right now, cancer must bow to the name of Jesus. Depression must bow to the name of Jesus. Father, any physical ailment, any mental anguish people are going through, Father, we just ask that you would release divine healing right now in the name of Jesus, we pray. Let the church say, amen, amen. We're gonna continue our series on heaven today. The title of my message is The Highlight of heaven. 
We've talked a lot about what heaven is and things that we can experience and expect. And it's been pretty exciting for me as I study this because uh, I love the adventure side of heaven, the, the beauty of it. I mean, my Enneagram 4 is loving this notion that in a thought I can move from mountains to snow to the seaside to a cabin. Like I'm excited about all of that. But there's something even greater than the beauty of heaven that I want to talk to you about today. You know, everybody is looking for something. There's a 22-year-old man named Ian McCormick. He set out from New Zealand in search of the perfect wave. He was a surfer. He was looking for the perfect high, the perfect adrenaline rush, the perfect girl. And for two years, he traveled throughout Australia and Indonesia looking for pleasure and what he considered to be the perfect life. One night while scuba diving, in the Indian Ocean, a school of box jellyfish passed by, and Ian was stung four times. Now, if you know anything about box jellyfish, you know that one sting is deadly. And Ian was stung four times by box jellyfish. And in the ambulance on the way to the hospital, his life began to slip through his fingers. He mentions that he recalls the replaying of every decision he had ever made, every behavior he had ever engaged in, every wave he had ever surfed, every girl he had ever kissed. Everything started swirling like a film replaying rapidly of his life. And he said there, as he sat there, he was wondering what's next. What would happen if he died, he says. Then he saw a clear vision of his mother saying, Ian, no matter how far from God you are, no matter what you've done wrong, if you cry out to God from your heart, he will hear you and he will forgive you. You see, in his heart, Ian knew that he was a devout atheist. He was looking for pleasure and satisfaction in every other area of life, except for the one place it could be found. You see, church, we have a void in our life that can only be filled by God. The best waves, the best girls, the best adrenaline rush, the best high, nothing will fill the void that's in our life. God created in humanity this deep-seated need for us to be in relationship with him. And thankfully, Ian remembered the words of his mother on the way to the hospital. And he said to himself, I didn't know what to pray or whom to pray to. Which God should I pray to? Should I pray to Booty? Buddha, not booty, please, please don't pray to booty. <laughs> this is when pre-recording a sermon would be great. But don't pray to Buddha. Don't pray to Kali. And he wondered, should I pray to Shiva? He, he was going through all of the Hindu gods and the Christian god and and all of his experiences in life, because as an atheist, he was researching everything so that he could disprove everything. But he lay there in need of not a God that couldn't save. He lay there in need for a God that could save. A God that was faithful to save. A God that would show up. Not a God that sat as a statue at the front door or sat on the mantle of a fireplace or, or something that as a memorial we would just bow down to or give flowers to. He needed a real living God in that moment. And when he saw his life flash before his eyes, the words of his mother directed him to the Lord's prayer. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And as he got to the phrase that said, forgive us our debts, he asked the Lord to forgive him. But he kept saying the prayer and he went on to say, as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. And he thought to himself, well, I don't hold grudges. I'm a pretty chill guy. It's no big deal. But he, he heard something in his mind say, well, what about the Indian that pushed you out of the car? And what about the Chinese man that wouldn't take you to the hospital? Have you forgiven them? And Ian thought to himself, you must be joking. And then he slipped from this life. At first, Ian found himself fully alive, but in utter darkness that terrified him. And we'll explore this often overlooked hellish near-death experience next week. I didn't want to talk about hell on Mother's Day. We'll talk about that next week. But Ian describes what happens next. He senses this evil presence, and he says, But God, I asked you to forgive me. And he saw a light. And he instantly started traveling through a tunnel. The light became bigger and brighter. A brilliant light shone upon me, he says, and literally drew me out of the darkness. I could see that the source of light was emanating from the very end of the tunnel. It looked unspeakably bright, as if it was the center of the universe, more brilliant than the sun. Yet you could look right into it. The light wasn't just material in nature, but it was a living light that transmitted emotion and filled me with a sense of love and acceptance. I came out of the end of the tunnel and seemed to be standing upright before the source of all the light and power. It looked like a white fire or a mountain of cut diamond sparkling with the most indescribable brilliance. Ian continues to say, as I stood there, questions began racing. Is this just a force? Is this karma? Is this yin and yang? Could there actually be someone standing in there, as I thought these things, he says, a voice spoke to me from the center of the light. It was the same voice I had heard earlier guiding my prayer. The voice said, Ian, do you wish to return? I replied, if I am out of my body, I don't know where I am. I wish to return. The response from this person was, if you wish to return, Ian, you must see in a new light. The moment I heard the words, see in a new light. Something clicked. I remembered a Christmas card. Jesus is the light of the world, Ian remembered. God is light and there is no darkness in him. So this was God, Ian understood. He is the light. He knew my name, Ian says. He knew everything about me. I felt no shame. I felt undone. Ian goes on to talk about his experience of the love that emanated from that light. Now, our passage today that I want to take you into in Revelations 21, it comes on the heels of John the Revelator describing heaven. He spends 22 chapters describing vision after vision, judgment after judgment, and now comes the culmination of it all. Jesus returns to earth in chapter 19, and he reigns in chapter 20. So what John sees is heaven coming down and resting 
on earth. It's the new heaven, the new Jerusalem. Revelation 21, verse 22. Let's begin together. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, if you're in your Bible, I hope you are. Go ahead and turn the page. We're going to Revelation chapter 22, where this story continues. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. Verse 4, Revelation chapter 22, verse 4. Highlight this, write it, underline it in your Bible. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. You know, near-death experiencers, NDEers, as we like to call them, say similar things about a world to come and this divine being that is filled with light, filled with wonder, filled with awe, filled with love. What's amazing is that around the globe, people describe the same being that they witness and they say, it must be God. Like we immediately knew that it was God. People consistently say that this being, this light, this person is the highlight of heaven. And of all the beauty, of all the wonders, of all the smells, of all the taste, all the loving reunions and of family and friends, nothing compares to the presence of God. That will be the thing most of all that takes our breath away. The other stuff is icing on the cake. And and I know that maybe at one time you've encountered the presence of God. Maybe you've happened upon a a worship service or you've happened upon a, a moment where you feel like God was in this connection or someone paid for this or you paid for this and you just felt that approval of your father and you get what I like to call the Holy Ghost goosebumps up your neck and you feel like your hair is standing up and you just feel the the tangible presence of God. And in this life, I know that we walk by faith, not by sight, and we don't walk by our feelings or the the hair that stands up on our neck or the goosebumps that we get. But isn't it nice? Come on with me, church. Isn't it nice on those rare occasions where the Spirit of God is so thick you could cut it with a knife? The presence of God, the thing that you and I hunger for, that thing that 
breaks every chain, that thing that when it comes upon us, there's clarity of sight and clarity of mind, that thing that allows all of our five senses to come into alignment with heaven, that, that thing that we often in this life are running here and there trying to find and, and bottle up the presence of God. Can I tell you, the moment that you close your eyes here and open them there, that presence will be available and accessible to you. You can't outrun the thickness of the presence of God in heaven. That, my friend, is the highlight of heaven. There was a study done that I want to share with you, and it's very interesting to me. Osis and Haraldson, two researchers, studied 500 Americans and 500 Indians to determine how much religious or cultural conditioning shape near-death experiences. So you've got 500 people from the good old U.S. of A. And you've got 500 people from India who have a very different culture and lifestyle and belief system and framework than in America. And they wanted to compare the two. How much does culture shape the near-death experiences? They noted that if the patient sees a radiant man clad in white who induces in him an inexplicable experience of harmony and peace. In other words, if during their near-death experience, because not all of them came face-to-face with a bright light. We'll talk more about that next week. But for those that did, everyone that came face-to-face with a bright light, they experienced extreme harmony and peace. And they might interpret the apparition in various ways, as an angel, Jesus, or God, Or if the person is Hindu, um, maybe Krishna, Shiva, or any other gods that they have. Though there's something very interesting about this. Every person studied that came face to face with the light gave a description that matched the description of Old Testament prophets and the Son of Man that was seen before Jesus ever came to earth. Not one report described Brahma, the ultimate Hindu reality. Not one report describes anyone that looked like Krishna, who has blue skin. Not one report describes seeing anything that looked like Siva, who has three eyes. Every report from ND ears report a personhood or an image that reflects what the gospel of Jesus Christ says, that the Son of God, the Son of Man, will himself be on the throne in heaven. You see, Daniel saw God. He saw the Messiah, also known as the Son of Man, which was Jesus' favorite term, I believe. But Daniel saw that 550 years before Christ. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 5 through 6, Daniel reports this vision. I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and his voice like the sound of a multitude. It's really uncanny how many of the indie ears that have been taught to see the same man of light. They hear the same voice that all of these prophets spoke about. Friends, this being of light 
and love is Jesus. We might try to push it off the table and, and say that every religion leads here and this universal light and love is, is because we're all connected through our energy. That's simply not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ says that there is a God, there is a creator. He created you and I. He formed the foundations of the universe with his word. And then he sent his son from heaven to earth to take on the weight of your sin and my sin so that you and I would have access to him. And, and this life is but a vapor. I know sometimes, especially when you're stuck at home for 49 days, for 52 days, when you can't go to work and make money, or you can't do this, or you can't do that, I, I get that sometimes this life feels extremely long. But it's a vapor. You see, your eternity has already begun. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, the moment that you and I said yes to him, we stepped from this life into eternal life. John 10, 27 through 30 says, My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. I just want to encourage everyone watching today that if you have asked Jesus into your heart, there is nothing that can snatch you out of his hand. There, there is no thing that can take you outside of the grace and the love of God. You know, I've talked a lot today about God being a light and this love and this, this feeling, and it makes him almost sound mystical or ethereal, fuzzy, like you can't put your finger on him. But I want you to understand that God is personal. God fills the universe, so of course, he doesn't always look like the Jesus that we picture in our mind with two legs, two arms, and a, a face. But what most indie ears say, and what scripture proclaims, is that God is a person. God appears not as an impersonal force or some impersonal consciousness. He is the living son of God. The creation tried to kill, but couldn't. He is the living son of God who laid down his life for us so that we could be in relationship with him. God is personal. He is, is tangible, but he's not just personal and tangible. He is relational. You see, the reason God does not force himself on us and the reason many indie ears, near-death experiencers, tell us that his identity is not revealed generally unless they ask him. It's because he wants a loving relationship birthed out of your choice. So today I want to invite you. If relationship is what God wants, 
And relationship is what you need. I have the solution for you today. You see, it's not an accident that that you click the link and you're watching on Facebook or you're watching at theexchangechurch.org. None of that is an accident. It's not an accident that, that your alarm happened to go off or your spouse happened to wake you up or your kids got your attention. It's not an accident that you're watching here today. Even if you're watching months later, it's not an accident that you clicked this sermon in all the sermons and the options that you could be watching. You see, God's got your number and he's been drawing you. so wants a relationship with you. So today, today is the day where you stop running and you stop striving. You were never intended to create salvation. You were intended to step into it. It's already been won, my friend. It's already been established. The gift is free for you today. So if you are ready to say yes to Jesus, will you just say this prayer with me? Say, Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. From this moment forward, I want to be a child of God. From this moment forward, my life will never be the same. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now I do want to tell you, before you go today, I want to remind you, if you said that prayer, scroll down and click the button, I said yes, because we want to walk in this relationship with you. This new decision that you've made, we want to join hands with you, partner with you, and help walk this journey. God bless you. We love you.